Steve Lackner, The Sound of Sanity in an Insane World, coming to talk to you about the state of the disputed and contested election of 2020, where we're at, at a 20,000-foot level, looking at the wave tops, and to give you insight into the strategy, which is unfolding before our eyes, as I predicted weeks ago, just days after the election. So where are we? First of all, you have to understand, we got a safe harbor date for the electors, but that's flexible, so the real hardwired into federal law in the Constitution date for the Electoral College is December 14th. That means if this is not resolved in essentially about two weeks, it's over. If the Biden slate of electors move forward to the Electoral College and he has 270 or more, then Biden is the next president and Trump will very grudgingly concede in his own way A concession that will sound something to the effect of, I have no choice but to concede in the rigged and stolen election of voter fraud in 2020. So where are we at? Well, there have been many legal battles. And quite honestly, they haven't gone well. Not in my opinion, because there is a lack of evidence. I think that is a mainstream media lie. I think the courts have acted with cowardice. I think anybody that reads the affidavits, anybody that looks at the evidence, anybody that watches the hearings that did take place and will take place this week understands the shenanigans and the skullduggery that have taken place. Anybody that just looks into the poll watcher issue, anybody that paid attention on election night itself and then election week as it has now become knows and saw the papered over windows in Detroit and Philadelphia and court orders needed to get poll watchers into the building. This is not a conspiracy theory. It was before our very eyes and a lack of transparency in what would be the most contested election in many, many years is worrisome because knowing that there could very well be disputes if this was a close election, knowing it was based on mail-in ballots, this was all forecasted before the election by Donald Trump, then the Democrats in cities like Detroit and Philadelphia and Atlanta should have acted above board in the highest degree, not engaged in behavior after behavior that raises red flags and which creates the indicia of voter fraud when you collect the clear evidence of a lack of transparency, a lack of oversight, with the other evidence that relates to specific incidents of illegal ballots being counted. And what the strategy was at first was to get a hearing at the state or federal district court level, a hearing on the facts to hopefully establish some of these facts. Unfortunately, for various reasons, some of it might be judicial cowardice, some of it is politics, particularly from the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, an elected hack rogue judiciary that cannot be taken seriously. And I will tell you that if the United States Supreme Court decides to rule on what Pennsylvania Supreme Court has been up to, they will get a smackdown that they know is coming. 
Perhaps they just think they could slowball this till December 14th and that SCOTUS might not step in because it doesn't matter. They'll think that maybe SCOTUS can't make a difference in this election anyway, so why step in? All of these are possibilities, but if they do step in, you mark my words, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court will get a tongue lashing from at least five members of the Supreme Court. This, I believe, very strongly because it is transparently corrupt the way they have been acting as of late. But back to the issue of originally the best strategy would have been to get a hearing on the facts in a court of law, allow that hearing to go forward, get past a motion to dismiss. That's it. A motion to dismiss is a very low threshold in law. You assume that everything the plaintiff is saying is true. And if it is true, are there justiciable claims? And if so, you allow it to go to the evidentiary hearing, in which case there can be discovery compelled, evidence presented, witnesses called, facing direct and cross-examination, etc., etc. But no court so far has been willing to even allow that, which frankly is absurd. It's absolutely, positively mind-boggling. And so here's Rudy Giuliani discussing this issue just yesterday. You file a lawsuit, by the way, and sometimes in court proceedings, um, you can have a hunch, you can have suspicion, you can have some evidence, but you bring it to a judge and a judge can say, oh, you've got something here. And then it goes into a phase called discovery, if I'm not mistaken, a judge can- We have never had that. We, We were deprived of that by the judge. The judge just threw us out. He threw us out. He decided that the claims weren't true. It just threw us out. Wait, wait, I, I, again, when the media say, well, there's no evidence here, I mean, if you get a judge and you will, like it would say, compel the other side to produce evidence. I mean, that can happen. We will get, we'll get a judge like that, but right now we can't wait, so we're going directly to the legislature. Look, the Constitution of the United States puts the selection of the president in the hands of the state legislature, not the governor, not the attorney general. But the state legislature, they set the... And what you heard right there lays bare the strategy at this point. It's the Hail Mary, it's the last ditch effort. If the federal courts won't play ball, there are two options left. Yes, they will continue to file lawsuits within the next two weeks to try to get an evidentiary hearing within the next two weeks, no doubt. But if that doesn't happen, there are two tracks that are going to be attempted. One, which is a big public relations push as well, is directly to the state legislatures, present your evidence in hearings or in informal forums, meetings, public hearings, public meetings with the state legislature. Senator, state Senator Doug Mastriano, a former army colonel, called a formal legislative hearing last week in historic Gettysburg, where Lincoln uttered those words, government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from this earth. How apropos to hold this hearing there. And at the same time, as there can be direct appeals to the legislature to make them aware of their powers in this issue, to inform them of the evidence, there will be, at some point, petitions before the United States Supreme Court to address 
some of these issues should the Supreme Court decide to step in. Four justices would have to agree to take the case. Two, two approaches right now, SCOTUS and state legislatures. Keep that in your mind. State legislatures is a big play right now. I don't know that state legislatures will act without judicial backing. Though there are individual, courageous individuals within state assemblies and state senates in Arizona, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, certainly with Doug Mastriano, Army Colonel Mastriano, who has stood above and beyond his peers throughout the various states in his willingness to address this issue head on. Here he was yesterday as well. Listen to Doug Mastriano from the Pennsylvania State Senate who held the hearing, why he held the hearing, what the plan is, what's the point. We're going to take this up. Please welcome to the program the courageous retired Army Colonel and now State Senator from Pennsylvania, the man leading the charge on behalf of the President and the people of his state. Please welcome Doug Mastriano to the program. Senator, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me on, Grant. Crazy day. I'm glad Jenna broke that news. So I'm excited. We finally got the Senate resolution pushed out just moments ago. And uh, it's co-sponsored with some you know, heavy hitters in, in the Senate, Michelle Brooks, Mario Scavello, Dave Arnold, and also Judy Ward co-sponsored it. So we have momentum. The Constitution is on our side. For too long, the General Assembly, we act like we're not co-equals in this government, but we are. And it's time we exercise that ability, especially in light of the findings that we had in the hearings two days ago. All right, so Senator, so you're saying the United, uh, excuse me, the Pennsylvania Senate pushed through this resolution. The House has to take up the same resolution, a similar one, then you match them. When will the House do that? So both the House and Senate introduced the legislation today, and there'll be a day or two we're asking for the rest of the Republicans to sign on board, and then once enough get on, hopefully we can we can roll with that Monday. So obviously, it, it, you rightly said it's time to contact your representatives and senators to get on board if they're not. Colonel Mastriano is very clear. He is introduced in the Senate with his colleagues and a concurrent resolution has been introduced from House colleagues in the Pennsylvania Senate, a joint resolution that is a must read in this election, in fact. I have the House version up in front of me. And the House version says the following. And for whatever reason, the Pennsylvania legislature's session ends on Monday. So they either get this done by Monday or else Colonel Mastriano has to find alternative methods, emergency sessions, get agreement to extend the session, etc., etc. But the resolution states, and every whereas is so critical, whereas Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1 of the United States Constitution empowers state legislatures, including the General Assembly of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, to prescribe the times, places, and manners of conducting elections. That is 100% true. And whereas Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 of the U.S. Constitution empowers state legislatures, including the General Assembly of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, to direct the manner of appointing electors for President and Vice President of the United States. Absolutely true and unambiguous in the Constitution. It says state legislatures when it comes to federal elections. It's not complicated. It's a simple read of the Constitution. It's not a living constitutional issue of changing times. 
It's a legislature that has the same meaning today that it had 200 plus years ago. Whereas the General Assembly of the Commonwealth has exercised its authority to establish election administration and so on. Whereas the Pennsylvania Election Code requires all mail-in ballots be received by 8 o'clock p.m. on the day of the election. That didn't happen. Whereas the Pennsylvania Election Code requires election officials at polling places to authenticate the signatures of in-person voters. That didn't happen. Whereas the Pennsylvania Election Code requires that County Board of Elections shall not meet to conduct a pre-canvas of all absentee and mail-in ballots until 7 o'clock a.m. on election day, during which time defects of mail-in ballots would be identified. That did happen. Whereas the Pennsylvania, that did happen, meaning it happened before. It happened before. That didn't happen. They didn't follow the law. Whereas the Pennsylvania election code prohibits the counting of defective absentee or mail-in ballots. That happened. That happened as well. Whereas the Pennsylvania election code authorizes watchers selected by candidates and political parties to observe the process of canvassing absentee and mail-in ballots. That didn't properly happen. Whereas the Commonwealth conducted an election on November 3rd for federal offices, including president and vice president, whereas officials for the executive branch and judicial branch of Pennsylvania infringed upon the assembly of the legislature's authority under the United States Constitution by unlawfully changing the rules governing the November 3rd election. That certainly happened. Whereas on September 17th, 2020, less than seven weeks before the November 3rd, 2020 election, the partisan majority of the Supreme Court of the Commonwealth unlawfully and unilaterally extended the deadline for mail-in ballots to be received and it states more, and that happened. Whereas on October 23rd, 2020, less than two weeks before the November 3rd, 2020 election, and upon a petition from the Secretary of the Commonwealth, the Supreme Court ruled that mail-in ballots need not be authenticated by signatures. That happened against the Constitution. Whereas on November 2nd, 2020, the night before the election and prior to the prescribed time, the offices of the Secretary of the Commonwealth encouraged certain counties to notify party and candidate representatives of mail-in voters whose ballots contain defects, and whereas heavily Democratic counties permitted mail-in voters to cure ballot defects, while heavily Republican counties followed the law and invalidated defective ballots. That is correct. That happened. Whereas in certain counties, the Commonwealth watchers were not allowed to meaningfully observe the pre-canvassing and canvassing activities related to absentee and mail-in ballots, whereas in other parts of the Commonwealth watchers and observers uh, of uh, irregularities concerning the pre-canvassing canvassing absentee ballots, that happened. Whereas the postal employees in Pennsylvania reported anomalies and so on and so forth. Whereas witnesses testifying before the Senate Majority Policy Committee on November 25th, last Wednesday in Gettysburg, have provided additional compelling information. That happened. Whereas the remains uh, of ongoing lit litigation are going on. So how can we certify? Whereas in 2016, the Secretary of the Commonwealth unilaterally and prematurely certified results. Unlike they did back then, they waited till December 2nd. But here they did it even earlier. Whereas the Pennsylvania House of Representatives has the duty to ensure no citizen of the Commonwealth is disenfranchised and so on. Therefore, be it resolved, we disapprove of the infringement on the General Assembly authority by the United States Constitution. We disapprove of the Secretary of the Commonwealth. We declare that the selection of president, electors, and other statewide electors contest results in this Commonwealth being in dispute. And we urge the Secretary of the Commonwealth and the governor to withdraw or vacate the certification. We urge the United States Congress to declare the selection of presidential electors. This is basically a must read. Every single one of those whereas is. Whereas, 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 whereas in the state of Pennsylvania is true. 
is fact. The legal points and the factual points. And while Pennsylvania has one of the worst examples and cases of legal violations of the Constitution, of election law, the same issues occurred in Detroit as occurred in Philadelphia and occurred in Atlanta as occurred in Philadelphia. And the same issues of structural power and secretaries of state or judges changing election law rather than the assembly being supreme, the legislature being supreme as the supreme law of the land the United States Constitution demands. And so what are we going to do? You can listen to Jenna Ellis, attorney for President Trump, at the historic Gettysburg hearing last Wednesday, and this is what she said. here, uh, you can take that power back at any time. And when you have the uh, delegation of authority, the legislature can take that back. And you also have an instance here that the law was completely ignored. Uh, so even though you have, uh, you have a manner in which your electors are generally selected in Pennsylvania, and that's worked uh, for the past presidential election since those statutes were authorized and gone through the legislature, uh, this is an election that has been corrupted. And so you can't go through that method. And those laws were violated. And that is the General Assembly here, the legislature, is the authorized entity in the Constitution that selects the manner. You can take that power back at any time. The legislature can take that power back any time. And while big tech and the media, with their little fact checks and little... This is disputed claims put on social media. Censorship, by the way, of Colonel Mastriano. They deleted his Twitter account. Can you believe that? Only because Trump tweeted and it got such a backlash to renew it again days later after the backlash of their communist censorship. Big tech pigs. Same thing they did, by the way, with Sidney Powell's briefing. She tried to put links to it on Twitter. Banned! Only to be allowed back days later once the news has had passed. Well, thank you, but no thank you, you big commie Silicon Valley tyrants. So here's the strategy, ladies and gentlemen. Last Wednesday, Rudy went to Pennsylvania and Doug Mastriano's on board and working his tail off to see if he can make a change at the legislative level. Monday, he meets with various members publicly in the state of Arizona. I believe Tuesday, he meets with various legislators in Michigan. And then I believe Thursday, he meets with various legislatures in Nevada, lawmakers in Nevada. And the point of this is to unroll this strategy and see if it works. Let me summarize the strategy. It's the Hail Mary. We're running out of daylight. We're burning oil. We're running out of runway. We've got two weeks. This process has been slow rolled. There haven't been proper hearings. And now we're going into the last ditch effort that I predicted weeks ago. 
that of the attempt to get Republican legislatures to send their own slates of electors or for the state legislature to act upon certification and send the slate of that state. Concurrently, there will be an attempt to get the Supreme Court to step in and speak out on some of the issues that have occurred, and that will be attempted within the next two weeks, and those are the two concurrent strategies. The the tactical approach is get it to SCOTUS at this point and get it before the state legislatures. We've only got two weeks. If both of those collapse, this is over and it's done. But that's what you need to be paying attention to in this campaign for election integrity over the next two weeks. Some of what we've seen in this election is beyond the pale, such as death threats looming in order to certify the election in Michigan. I don't see how a state legislature allows death threat certification. Certifications that occurred under death threats to the certifiers, threats to their livelihood, to their families, to their children, to go forward. I don't even need evidence of voter fraud at that point. I have evidence that my state of Michigan has been permanently tainted and corrupted by our process. Being tampered with by thugs and goons and fascists on the left. Pennsylvania will certainly, I think, be attempted to get before the Supreme Court. We have a legislature play and we have further legislature plays coming. So let's keep our ears to the ground. Let's see how this goes down. Let's pay attention. Let's pray for the goodness and uprightness of this country to prevail, for the system that is all aligned against truth and justice to allow an outcome that is correct, noble, and fair. And if it doesn't work out, to realize it's important to fight the good fight, regardless. Because you don't let some of these incidents, these fraudulent activities, these lack of transparencies continue unbattled, unabated, unheeded. At least let the other side know, we know what you did. We see the tactics. We fought them bravely and valiantly. And we will continue to fight over the next four years. Because if there's one thing that Donald J. Trump has and his supporters have, unlike perhaps the establishment GOP, it's the will to win. The will to win. And that goes a long way. Burton Braley was an American poet who lived from 1882 to 1966. And he wrote this stirring, powerful life poem on precisely the issue of the will to win. And with this, I will close. God bless you all. Listen to these 
powerful words. Fight for it. Work day and night. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, work day and night for it. Give up your time and your peace and your sleep for it. If only desire of it makes you quite mad enough never to tire of it, makes you hold all other things tawdry and cheap for it. If life seems all empty and useless without it, and all that you scheme and you dream is about it, if gladly you'll sweat for it, fret for it, plan for it, lose all your terror of God or man for it. If you'll simply go after that thing that you want with all your capacity, strength, and sagacity, faith, hope, and confidence, stern, pernacity. If neither cold poverty, famished and gaunt, nor sickness nor pain of body and brain can turn you away from the things that you want. If dogged and grim you besiege and beset it, you'll get it. 